From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praiselite Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Today is Wednesday, the 13th of March, 2019. A brand new Ethiopian Airlines jet crashed just minutes after departing Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, killing all 157 aboard on Sunday, leading to an unusually swift reaction regarding the Boeing 737 MAX in the wake of the second deadly disaster involving the new model in recent months. This from a report in the Wall Street Journal, multiple countries have also grounded their 737 MAX jets in response to the crash, and Business Insider reports that Boeing, the US-based manufacturer of the 737 MAX 8 involved in the crash, has rolled out a software update in response to both this crash and the Lion Air plane crash in October of 2018 that killed 189 people in the same type of plane over the Java Sea. Passengers from over 30 countries were on board the flight in Ethiopia, including several from Kenya, Canada, Ethiopia, Italy, China, the US, the UK, and France. According to Fox News, the UN Migration Agency estimates 19 UN-affiliated employees were also killed in the crash. According to Africa News, the flight left Bull International Airport in Addis Ababa at 8.38 a.m. local time before losing contact with the control tower just a few minutes later at 8.44 a.m. According to some reports, the software malfunction is rumored to have attempted to autocorrect what it deemed to be a stall in the plane, causing it to nosedive to Earth. Undoubtedly, more details will emerge as time goes on, and the software update pushed to the planes is reported to be in correlation with this issue, but for the victims and their friends and families, that update didn't come soon enough. Nissan's luxury brand Infiniti has announced that it's pulling out of Western Europe altogether. This as the brand's sales in that market slipped down to just 5,800 vehicles, or almost half of what it sold the year before. According to Reuters, the move comes as Infiniti seeks to divert its resources to markets with bigger opportunities, such as China and the United States, from a region where non-European premium brands are struggling to compete against the local European players such as Audi, BMW, and Mercedes-Benz. Infiniti said it will discontinue the Q30 sedan and the QX30 sport utility vehicle and cease their production by the middle of 2019 at their manufacturing factory in Sunderland, UK. Both models are sold globally, but produced only in Britain. According to the BBC, the Infiniti lineup of cars will be electric from 2021, and diesel versions will be discontinued. On the 15th of September 1890, into a wealthy, upper-middle-class family in Torquay, England, Agatha Mary Clarissa Miller was born. A voracious reader from an early age, some of her earliest memories were those of reading the children's books written by Edith Nesbitt, including the story of The Treasure Seekers, The Phoenix in the Carpet, and The Railway Children. After publishing some small works of her own, Agatha published her first short story entitled The House of Beauty. 
She then set her first novel, Snow Upon the Desert, in Cairo, Egypt, and drew from her recent experiences in that area, written under the pseudonym Monosyllaba, but it was declined by publishers. On December 24, 1914, just after the outbreak of World War I, Agatha Miller married an Army officer Archibald Christie. While he was stationed in battle, Agatha Miller, now named Agatha Christie, involved herself in the war effort. She joined the Voluntary Aid Detachment in 1914 and attended to wounded soldiers at a hospital in Torquay as an unpaid nurse. After the war, Agatha and Archie Christie settled in a flat in northwest London. Agatha had long been a fan of detective novels and now decided to write one of her own, penning The Mysterious Affair at Styles, featuring Hercule Poirot, a former Belgian detective police officer noted for his twirly large magnificent mustache. Poirot had taken refuge in Britain after Germany invaded Belgium, and Christie's inspiration for the characters stemmed from the real Belgian refugees who were living in Torquay and the Belgian soldiers whom she had helped to treat when she was a volunteer nurse in Torquay during World War I. Sadly, in late 1926, Mr. Christie requested a divorce, and in distress, Agatha left the house, stating she was going to Yorkshire. Her car was later found perched above a mining quarry, and she was nowhere to be found. Her disappearance caused an outcry from the public. The British Home Secretary pressured police and a newspaper offered a £100 reward. Over a thousand police officers, 15,000 volunteers, and several airplanes scoured the rural landscape. Another famed authoress, Dorothy L. Sayers, used the scenario being played out in one of her Lord Peter Whimsey novels years later, named Unnatural Death. However, ten days later, Agatha Christie was found at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel in Yorkshire, registered under the maiden name of the woman that her husband had stated he wanted to be with. But apart from the heartbreaking drama that accompanies so many lives, Agatha Christie's legacy lies primarily in her mystery novels. Along with the famed detective Hercule Poirot, about whom she wrote 33 novels, one play entitled Black Coffee, and more than 50 short stories, she also wrote crime novels and 20 short stories about an elderly spinster named Miss Jane Marple living in a quiet English village who always seems to be right there wherever the crime happens and always solves it with poise and dignity. Agatha Christie kept writing until her death in 1976, and her works have entertained thousands upon thousands of eager audiences, with most of her novels being adapted as popular television dramas over the years as well. The Protestant Reformation was ignited by Martin Luther when he posted his 95 Theses on a church door in Wittenberg, Germany. One of the foundational views to come out of the Reformation was the five solas, Latin for alone, standing for five key biblical points. Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone. Sola Fides, Faith alone. Sola Gratia, Grace alone. Solus Christus, Christ alone and Soli Deo Gloria, Glory to God Alone. Today we're talking about Solus Christus, Christ Alone. Christ Alone, that's something that we desperately need to understand in our day of pluralistic theology. Many people who claim Christianity today question the belief that salvation is only by faith in Christ. Today's progressive Christianity is blinded into attempting to proclaim and worship a God without wrath, 
who brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. But without Christ, we can do nothing. In him, we can do all things, as we read in John 15 and Philippians 4. Christ alone can bring salvation. Solus Christus emphasizes that salvation can only be found through the death and resurrection of Christ alone. Scripture doesn't leave us under any illusion about this when we read in John 14 that Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, a truth, or a life. No man comes to the Father except through him. And again in Acts 4, nor is thou salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we may be saved. 1 Timothy 2 tells us that there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And an unpopular flip side of what John 3.16 says, John writes that he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Salvation is only in Jesus Christ because there are two conditions that no matter how hard we try, we can never meet. Yet, they must be done if we're to be saved. The first is to satisfy the justice of God through obedience to the law. The second is to pay the price of our sins. We can't do either, but Christ did both perfectly. Romans 5 says, By the obedience of one so many be made righteous. And when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. There is no way to come into the presence of God than through Christ alone. He is all we need, and we have all of him if we are his. There is nothing lacking. We can't have just a little bit of Christ and seek something more. The reality is that by faith, God is in our life and has given to us everything that we need. So the concept of asking for more of God is actually incorrect. It's either all or none, no in-between. Paul prays in Ephesians 1 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul asks that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened so that we will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. As believers, all too often we simply don't realize the treasure that we have in Christ. It's not that we don't have enough of Christ, rather we don't fully grasp the riches of what we do have as believers in Christ. It's all Christ and in Christ alone, nothing else. Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review.